Chapter Twenty One of Glinda of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. Glinda of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Twenty One. The Three Adepts. The sorceress looked up from her work as the three maidens entered, and something in their appearance and manner led her to rise and bow to them in her most dignified manner. The three knelt an instant before the great sorceress, and then stood upright and waited for her to speak. "'Whoever you may be,' said Glinda, "'I bid you welcome.' "'My name is Aura,' said one. "'My name is Aura,' said another. "'My name is Alja.' said the third. Glinda had never heard these names before, but looking closely at the three, she asked, "'Are you witches or workers in magic?' "'Some of the secret arts we have gleaned from nature,' replied the brown-haired maiden modestly. "'But we do not place our skill beside that of the great sorceress, Glinda the Good.' "'I suppose you are aware it is unlawful to practice magic in the land of Oz, without the permission of our ruler, Princess Ozma? No, we were not aware of that, was the reply. We have heard of Ozma, who is the appointed ruler of all this great fairyland, but her laws have not reached us as yet. Glinda studied the strange maidens thoughtfully. Then she said to them, Princess Ozma is even now imprisoned in the Skeezer village, for the whole island with its great dome, was sunk to the bottom of the lake by the witchcraft of Cooey O, whom the flathead Sue Dick transformed into a silly swan. I am seeking some way to overcome Cooey O's magic and raise the isle to the surface again. Can you help me do this? The maidens exchanged glances, and the white-haired one replied, We do not know, but we will try to assist you. It seems continued Glinda, musingly, that Coo-ee-o derived most of her witchcraft from three adepts at magic, who at one time ruled the Flatheads. While the adepts were being entertained by Coo-ee-o at a banquet in her palace, she cruelly betrayed them, and after transforming them into fishes, cast them into the lake. If I could find these three fishes and return them to their natural shapes— they might know what magic Coo-ee-oh used to sink the island. I was about to go to the shore and call these fishes to me when you arrived. So, if you will join me, we will try to find them." The maidens exchanged smiles now, and the golden-haired one, Auda, said to Glinda, "'It will not be necessary to go to the lake. We are the three fishes.' "'Indeed!' cried Glinda. Then you are the three adepts at magic, restored to your proper forms? We are the three adepts, admitted Auda. Then, said Glinda, my task is half accomplished. But who destroyed the transformation that made you fishes? We have promised not to tell, answered Aura. But this young skeezer was largely responsible for our release. He is brave and clever and we owe him our gratitude." Glinda looked at Ervic, who stood modestly behind the adepts, hat in hand. 
"'He shall be properly rewarded,' she declared, "'for in helping you he has helped us all, and perhaps saved his people from being imprisoned forever in the sunken isle.' The sorceress now asked her guests to seat themselves, and a long talk followed, in which the Wizard of Oz shared. "'We are quite certain,' said Aura, "'that if we could get inside the dome, we could discover coo secrets. For in all her work, after we became fishes, she used the formulas and incantations and arts that she stole from us. She may have added to these things, but they were the foundation of all her work.' "'What means do you suggest for our getting into the dome?' inquired Glinda. The three adepts hesitated to reply, for they had not yet considered what could be done to reach the inside of the great dome. While they were in deep thought, and Glinda and the wizard were quietly awaiting their suggestions, into the tent rushed Trot and Betsy, dragging between them the patchwork girl. "'Oh, Glinda!' cried Trot. "'Scraps has thought of a way to rescue Ozma and Dorothy and all of the skeezers!' The three adepts could not avoid laughing merrily, for not only were they amused by the queer form of the patchwork girl, but Trot's enthusiastic speech struck them as really funny. If the great sorceress and the famous wizard, and the three talented adepts at magic, were unable as yet to solve the important problem of the sunken isle, there was little chance for a patched girl, stuffed with cotton, to succeed. But Glinda, smiling indulgently at the earnest faces turned toward her, patted the children's heads and said, "'Scraps is very clever. Tell me what she has thought of, my dear.' "'Well,' said Trot, "'Scraps says that if you could dry up all the water in the lake, the island would be on dry land, and everybody could come and go whenever they liked.' Glinda smiled again, but the wizard said to the girls, if we should dry up the lake, what would become of all the beautiful fishes that now live in the water? Dear me, that's so, admitted Betsy, crestfallen. We never thought of that, did we, Trot? Couldn't you transform em into pollywogs? asked Scraps, turning a somersault, and then standing on one leg. You could give them a little teeny pond to swim in, and they'd be just as happy as they are as fishes. No, indeed, replied the wizard severely. It is wicked to transform any living creatures without their consent, and the lake is the home of the fishes and belongs to them. All right, said Scraps, making a face at him. I don't care. It's too bad, sighed Trot, for I thought we'd struck a splendid idea. "'So you did,' declared Glinda, her face now grave and thoughtful. "'There is something in the patchwork girl's idea that may be of real value to us.' "'I think so, too,' agreed the golden-haired adept. "'The top of the great dome is only a few feet below the surface of the water. If we could reduce the level of the lake until the dome sticks a little above the water, we could remove some of the glass.' and let ourselves down into the village by means of ropes. "'And there would be plenty of water left for the fishes to swim in,' added the white-haired maiden. "'If we succeed in raising the island, we could fill up the lake again,' suggested the brown-haired adept. 
"'I believe,' said the wizard, rubbing his hands together in delight, "'that the patchwork girl has shown us the way to success.' The girls were looking curiously at the three beautiful adepts, wondering who they were. So Glinda introduced them to Trot and Bexy and Scraps, and then sent the children away while she considered how to carry the new idea into effect. Not much could be done that night, so the wizard prepared another tent for the adepts, and in the evening Glinda held a reception and invited all her followers to meet the new arrivals. The adepts were greatly astonished at the extraordinary personages presented to them, and marvelled that Jack Pumpkinhead and the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman and Tick-Tock could really live and think and talk just like other people. They were especially pleased with the lively patchwork girl, and loved to watch her antics. It was quite a pleasant party, for Glinda served some dainty refreshments to those who could eat, and the Scarecrow recited some poems, and the Cowardly Lion sang a song in his deep bass voice. The only thing that marred their joy was the thought that their beloved Ozma and dear little Dorothy were yet confined in the great dome of the sunken island. End of chapter 21 The Three Adepts